Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Well, it's Raiders week. So who better to have join our Chiefs podcast than 2002 NFL MVP Rich Gannon, who quarterbacked both the Chiefs and Raiders. He's now with CBS Sports. And he joins myself and former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio. Rich, thanks so much for joining us. Jeff, it's great to be with you. And of course, my guy Joe V. It's it's, it's always fun to see Joe's smile and face. And I just I just miss those days. And you know, I just I see Tim Grunhardt go into the Chiefs Ring of Honor and and uh, I just think back, Joe, how blessed we were, how fortunate we were to play on so many great Marty Schottenhammer coach teams. We miss uh, obviously our we miss Marty, but, um, you know, I tell people this all the time. I, I was lucky. I played 17 years in this, this great league. I played for four different organizations. I played for Minnesota, Washington, Kansas City, and, of course, the, the Oakland Raiders. And those four years that I spent in Kansas City, uh, that 95, 6, 7, and 8 season, were just some of the most special times. I mean, we had a great locker room. We had great chemistry. We had great football teams, and we had a lot of fun beating people up around the National Football League. Oh, you got that right, Rich. There was nothing like seeing you in the locker room in the, in, uh, down in the, in the workout facility when they were signing you to come to KC. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. It was like a dream. I'm like, St. Joe's Prep, Delaware Blue Hen, <laughs> Rich Gannon, legend. I was just like, you know, we had so many mutual friends and, you know, Lucha we Viani. Got guys, you know, we, we, we had London and, of course, we had – uh, Greg Minuski. I mean, we had a lot of Pennsylvania guys, you know, so that yeah. was kind of fun. And, and uh, we all kind of stuck together. And, and uh, that was just a great group. I mean, there's just so many characters in that locker room. And I, I just think, Joe, you know, there, there was, you know, Dave Zod and, and Grunhardt and, and yourself and John All and all those great. I mean, we just had a great group. I just remember on Saturday mornings coming to the locker room early, <laughs> you guys would all be sitting at those tables taking your offensive lineman test. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Guys looking over like, hey, like the, even like the starters, we were looking over at Joe's test, like, hey, how are you walking <laughs> up to Jet Protection? I'm like, Guys, this is crazy. That was so much fun. Oh, I'll tell you though, Rich, you know, Grunny, we were going back and forth when he went in the Ring of Honor, and I, you know, kind of tweeted out what an honor it was to get to play beside him, except he used to get so frustrated. He'd be like, dude, you went to Penn. You can't remember the snap count. I was constantly grunting. What's it on one or two? Grunting, what's it on one or two? We'd be walking the line of scrimmage. Grunting, what's it on one or two? He'd be like, Jesus Christ, Joe. He went to Penn. Like, you can't remember the snap count. And then Marty would be like, oh, Ivy League Quaker. Can't remember the snap count. Like, he can take calculus. But, yeah, it was a great – it was a great group, man. Great chemistry. You're right, Rich. It was a great group of characters. And, and, and Marty, you know, started at the top, right, with the Hunt family. 
Carl Peterson. And that's why it was Philly West, right? Big Daddy Carl Harrison, Herm Edwards, John Bunning, right? Think about all those Kevin Ross, Todd McNair. Uh, we just had so many great, you know, Philly area guys, Bill Maz. I mean, just just fantastic uh, talent uh, out of the, uh, the East Coast that, that they were able to tap into and bring out bring out to the Midwest for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I just uh, – there's something about those teams that just really resonated with me and, and just uh, your special times, you know, going over after games, going over uh, and having that victory meal, uh, you know, over at Arrowhead Club and all, just all that. Kind of, we just had so much fun. Those there's, are there's great teams. And, and uh, it's hard to duplicate that, Joe. You know, I mean, you know, uh, you go around this league and, you know, people think it's, it's, it's that way everywhere. It's not. You know, that was just a special, special group of guys that loved working together, like practicing together, like playing together and just like hanging out together. That was just a unique group. Yeah, Rich, that's great for our listeners to hear about the way that it was in Kansas City in those 90s teams. And Rich, you know, one of the things that we're so excited to have you on, number one, uh, because you're you, but, you know, it's Raider Week, and it's always big in KC, right? It always has been. Remember Marty used to put the signs up, and he had the trainers put the signs up, and the equipment managers put the signs up, and Alan Wright and Mike Davidson, Raider Week, Raider Week. There's been internet things all over the internet, Twitter, it's Raider Week. How, what was that like for you to go to Oakland, Rich, after having experienced that? And what was it like there? You know, what, what do our listeners need to know about what, how the Raiders looked at the Chiefs? Yeah, so as we talked about, I spent 95 through 98 with, with the Chiefs. And I think, Joe, we were 7-1, and one, I think, during that stretch against the Raiders. And we just, we, we, we just gave them a beatdown every time we played them. And so when I went to the Raiders in 99, one of my big concerns was, that, does this team, like, understand the significance of this game for, the, for this crew in Kansas City? Because to them, it was like a homecoming game. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> it, it meant a lot. And I, when I went to, to Oakland, I was just t- taken back by just, just the, the fact that it wasn't that big of it just there, certainly there wasn't chief week it, well, there's no sign up around the, the organization even the, the games with I, I think more so maybe it was the Denver was a big game but like mm-hmm. so I try to impress upon those players guys you have no idea what you're getting into here and so I stood up in front of the team that very first time we played the Chiefs and I just said guys I, I think it's important for you to know I come from the other side and so I know the mindset of these players. I know the mindset of these coaches. I know what this week means to them, this, this point of emphasis, this sense of urgency that they're going to feel, uh, you know, how personal it is for them. And if you don't match that, that type of energy and you don't match that type of preparation, you're going to get a really bad result on Sunday. And it took that team a while to figure it out. And what I think what I'm most proud of, Joe, is I think during my four years with the Raiders, I think we were six and two against Kansas City or 7-1, we had a, we, we flipped the switch pretty quick. And, you know, I, I had some good games against the Chiefs, but but I really tried to impress upon them that, guys, you, you if you don't, like, come ready to play, this team will drop a house on you. Yeah, you made you made them understand. That was, that was part of it. But it was uh, – I just think, you know, even today, to this day, like now, you know, Sunday night, the Chiefs – traveled to Las Vegas to play the Raiders and and this NFC this AFC West I mean we got four teams with five wins I mean this is going to be a fight to the finish this is like the good old days Joe it really is yeah the division is definitely on the line here Sunday night uh and speaking of this upcoming tilt on Sunday night Rich I was curious to have to hear your take one MVP quarterback on another MVP quarterback what, what do you think is kind of the deal with uh, Patrick Mahomes? Why has he seemingly regressed a little bit? Joe and I have been texting a lot about this. What do you see? 
Yeah, so there's no question that uh, he's taken a turn for the worse. And I think it's a shock to all of us. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was, you know, arguably the best player in the league, certainly one of the top two or three quarterbacks in all of football. And you look at the decision-making, I think that's really what's troubling. And I think you, know, you go back to a couple of games um, where, you know, just just some really uncharacteristically poor decisions uh, by a quarterback that's been so good at taking care of the football. He's already thrown more interceptions, as you, as you guys know, than he did in uh, the previous two seasons. And, and I just think it's not just the interceptions. It's some of the decisions. It's, you know, trying to force balls down the field to Tyreek Hill or to Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, missing an open receiver on third down, having his eyes in the wrong place, his feet uh, and his balance. Um, it's it just it, early in the season, I tried to de de defend his behavior because I said, well, you know what? The defense isn't very good right now, and they have to go out and score 35 points. And, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's trying to be overly aggressive. And, but then you look at it, you say, like, and he even said it as much a couple of weeks ago. He said, I, I have to do a better job and take better responsibility for some of the decisions I'm making, and I have to change my approach. And yet you look at him, and even, even the game against the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers had played in that game, in my opinion, the Packers win by two scores. And the Chiefs' defense, they played really well against Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love was simply in over his head. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers had played, I just think it would have been a different outcome. And here's this crazy thing, guys. Patrick Mahomes played the entire game. He threw for 164 yards in that game. So, look, they've got five new stars along the offensive line. You know, you look at uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't played. They're not healthy at the running back position. Uh, they're not getting a ton of production there. And then you look at defenses and they say, well, look, if we just take limit the explosive plays down the field of Tyreek Hill and let's make sure we double, you know, Travis Kelsey anytime we can. That's what teams are doing. And it's making it a little bit more difficult on the quarterback. And I think there's he's pressing a little bit. He's taking some unnecessary risk. And the defense uh, hasn't played like they're capable of playing. And I think as it turns as it as it, you know. We all fell into that, oh, it's the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Don't worry. You know, he'll, he'll bring them back at the end, and, and they'll score 40 points. It's getting more and more difficult to play that way in Kansas City. Yeah, Rich, it makes me, you know, makes me think about that pressure that gets put on a quarterback that they're going to be able to, to win games, you know, by themselves. And we know that it's, it's the ultimate team sport, special teams, defense, coaching, preparation. Like, you just can't put the weight of the world onto one person's shoulders that – they're magically going to be able to, to wave the football around and just things are going to happen, right? Because there's 31 other coaches, defensive coordinators sitting out there. They're not just in ooh and eyeing about, oh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' wild, crazy offense. Like, they're planning on how to beat, beat it, right, and game plan against it. Do you think, do you think that's happening too? Are there, are there defensive coordinators that are kind of catching on to Eric Bieniemy's scheme, a little bit of the chicanery that, you know, Andy likes to run? Like, are they just kind of catching on to their whole shtick or – what do you think? I don't know if it's a, it's a question of catching on to the scheme. I, I think, you know, I, I think the enemy and, and Andy Reid do a good job. I think game planning, I think they've got enough tools in their toolbox to, to be able to handle some of that. I just think teams are doing a good job moving Patrick Mahomes off the spot. I think we know how talented a thrower he is, guys. Uh, his escapability, his ability to extend plays, his ability to improvise and, and just manufacture offense. But if you're having to do that all the time, that's a problem. And I think they're doing a good job 
pushing the pocket, Joe, getting pressure up in those A and B gaps and forcing him moved to have to move to his left, his non-throwing side. I mean, that's the, I think we see a lot of the pressures that come off that right side, force him to have, you don't want to let him get out the back door to his right, to his throwing arm, but they're getting him to move to his left a little bit. And then, and then if you're constantly not able to step up and trust the protection and throw in rhythm, it, it becomes a harder game. And, you know, we, we, we looked at the, the big throws that this guy has made over his first couple seasons, and we just expect it every week. And I think we're, 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 it's becoming more difficult because of how people are defending. I mean, I think, I think it really starts with the tight end. I mean, Tyreek Hill is the, is the, the top end. Uh, he's got rare and unusual speed, takes the top end off of the defense. He, you know, he's a guy that when you get the ball in his hands, can score any time he touches it. But I think when you look at how they utilize the tight end, I think defenses, I've talked to a number of defensive coordinators, it's like, hey, let's start there. Let's start with, with Travis Kelsey because he's an inline player. They put him in a slot. They put him outside the numbers. They move him around. They short motion him. They shift him. And that's the problem. And it's a matchup problem for defense. You're not going to put a linebacker on him. You're not going to put a safety on him. You're not going to put a linebacker and safety on him because that ain't going to work. So you get the nickel on them. You get them jamming at the line of scrimmage. You're trying to disrupt the timing, the release, the passing game. I think that's really where – when push comes to shove, I think the quarterback brings his eyes back inside and tries to find Travis Kelsey. And when you take that away and you double him and you put your best cover corner on Tyreek Hill, then all of a sudden it gets a little bit more difficult. You know, you got Hardman, you got some of these other guys. And when you're not running it as well and the screen game hasn't been as effective and the offensive linemen haven't been as good coming off the ball and knocking people back, then it becomes a little bit more challenging, I think, for Andy Reid and for Eric Bieniemy to call plays. And now all of a sudden, you're not calling plays on second and two and third and one. You're calling plays on second and nine and, you know, third and eight and third and 12. And that's where it, the numbers start to catch up to you. And not only that, but you're not always playing with a lead. You know, this team used to race off the big leads, you know, be 21 nothing in the first quarter. Right. Now the script has flipped a little bit, and now all of a sudden this is a team that has to come from behind in games. And I just think that, you know, unless something dramatic happens over the next eight weeks, this team's in danger of missing the postseason. And I picked them to win the AFC West. I picked them to win, I think, 12 to 13 games in the preseason. And now all of a sudden we're looking at a team that's, you know, that's struggling right now. And you're like, well, are they, are they going to are they gonna beat the Chargers out and, and win this division? Are they going to – are the Raiders without their head coach, without – their top receiver are are the Raiders going to finish with a better record I mean that's how crazy this this division is right now I don't think the Denver Broncos I still think they're the fourth best team in this division but the Kansas City Chiefs I think we're going to find out a lot about them over the next eight weeks are they good enough to make the corrections are they good enough to fix some of their issues right now and is it is it there's still enough time to get it done I mean there is when you look at the fact that all four teams have five wins but the Chiefs have a tough schedule the next eight weeks. And it's those days of simply relying on the quarterback to do it all, I think, are over. Great analysis, Rich. And we'll have more with uh, Rich Gannon in a second. But first, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code 
believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero receiver bonus from basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing and ufc right to your famous vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts we're here with Rich Gannon, former Chiefs quarterback, former Raiders quarterback, now with CBS Sports. Uh, Rich, you mentioned this at the end there, a little bit about the analysis of the Raiders. Where do you think they are mentally with all this happened? And I'm curious, you obviously were coached by John Gruden. Your take uh, after that, the whole email scandal and your, your thoughts about that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I called Raider preseason games. I, around, I was around this team a lot this preseason, and, and I know John Gruden was really excited about this roster, and, and more importantly, the improvements that they've made defensively. Last year, guys, they couldn't stop anyone. And so they went out and hired Gus Bradley, the former defensive co- coordinator of the Chargers, former head coach in this league, and he's come in and he's really done a nice job, I think, with their defensive scheme. I, I think they're doing a better job fitting the run. Uh, they went out and got uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who's been a really good edge rusher. Max Crosby is certainly their best pass rusher. But now you've got two really good rushers. They've got better depth and talent along the defensive line, at linebacker, and in the secondary. So they're playing better there. And, of course, they've always had the firepower and talent uh, on the offensive side of the ball at the skill position. So, um, I, honestly, when the email uh, news came out, it was shocking to me. I'd spent a lot of time with John Gruden, obviously – uh, both professionally and personally. I never heard him say anything uh, that was uh, even close to what was in those emails. Um, I never heard him utter a racist comment, a homophobic comment, any of that kind of stuff. So I think it was a shock to a lot of people around the National Football League. And, uh, you know, the Raiders did what they had to do. And so, uh, you know, it was a major distraction that week. Uh, it was a setback. Um, it was a lot of adversity for that organization, and yet they've somehow found a way, guys, to go on the road and beat the Denver Broncos. So I give Derek Carr a lot of credit. I give Ritz Passaccia, their special teams coordinator, who's now their interim head coach, both the coordinators, um, Greg Olson, who's the offensive coordinator, who's taken over the play calling duties. They, they've done a nice job. And the following week, they got another impressive win. So, um, you know, they stubbed their toe last week against the Giants, but this is a good football team. The quarterback is very talented. He's been in the system a long time. You know, Darren Waller, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he's not far off. He is a really productive player. They lose Henry Ruggs in what was a tragic, tragic uh, accident and an awful, awful decision by a young player that will absolutely, um, uh, you know, cost uh, a young lady her, her life. And, and it's just a tragic outcome and something that we you hate to see happen to anybody. But uh, so the Raiders moved on from him. And I think that that affects him a lot because he was he was he was their version of Tyreek Hill, the deep, deep ball, threat, not as talented as Tyreek in terms of the short and intermediate stuff, the ability to catch the hitch and take it 60 yards. He's not that guy. He doesn't have that sudden change of direction skill. And and that he has the, the long speed uh, the straight line speed but he doesn't have the quickness that Tyreek has. So, but that is a huge loss for them. And uh, I just simply don't think they'll be able to replace that type of production. But, um, you know, the the quarterback Carr has been fantastic. Uh, He puts up big numbers. Uh, He's got, he's got real arm talent. And uh, I think when you look at who they are, their offensive line guys still a work in progress, 
but this is a good football team and and they've they've rallied around one another and this will be a tough out for the chiefs on sunday night i mean the, the, the chiefs will have to play really well in las vegas to beat the raiders yeah i mean prime time what do you think rich i mean look you, you're on both sides don't want to put you on the spot but you know any any initial thoughts this time of the week where this game might go for for either team i mean predictions are hard you never know the ball bounces very funny but if you had to bet online right like our sponsor yeah. you know so I, joe it's funny it's funny you say that because like you know i, I you and i we were playing we we're never paying attention to the point spreads but now suddenly like oh, we're, it's it's like kind of I, I think the spread is like three and a half I, I think i think it's two and a half or three it's pretty tight i think it's a field yeah. goal one way or another so I mean, I think it's going to be that type of game. I think it. I think it will come down to the wire. I don't think either team is good enough to pull away. And I think certainly this is the type of game that turnovers will be a big story. Uh, you know, I think the team that's the more physical team, the team that you know, takes care of the football, the, the team that's able to to not commit the unforced errors, whether it's the penalties, the misassignments, the mental errors, those type of things. Uh, I, I just, you know, it's hard for me to to, to pick one. First of all. I want a fo good football game. It's not like I have an allegiance to one or the other. I, I, I have a great relationship with both these teams, both these coaches, both these staffs. But I, honestly, I don't recognize the Kansas City Chiefs right now, and it hurts me to say that. I, I mean, I just – for for a couple of years now, I just picked the Kansas City Chiefs every week. I thought, well, even, even, even the Super Bowl year, I thought, well, even when their defense wasn't playing well in the beginning of the season, the first eight weeks of the season, I said, it doesn't matter. They got Patrick Mahomes. Right. Patrick Mahomes, he'll make a play at the end. Hey, he'll make five or six plays that you just, you just, you just, you can't defend. But now he's not making as many of those plays. In fact, he's he's making some throws that you question the decision making. And I feel like he feels the weight of the world in his shoulders. And for that reason, I think the Raiders may have. May, again, I'm not making predictions, but if you're asking me to, if I had a, if I had to put a hundred dollars on the game and a bet on one team just to win. I think the Raiders right now are playing better football. I think defensively they're playing better. They can rush the pass. They can affect the passer. The corners are playing pretty good. They've got pretty good safeties. They're interchangeable. Uh, the linebacking position has been pretty good. I feel a little bit better about the Raiders' defense. Obviously, I would never – other than you – know, I look at Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I put them in a, a kind of a level playing field. Everybody else is a, is a different conversation. Uh, even Tom Brady, as good as Tom Brady is, he can't manufacture and create offense like those two guys can. Derek Carr's not that guy. If the protection's not good, he's effective. You know, the protection's not good, and you get around him, you know, he, he can make some mistakes. So, but I think that the Chiefs, if, you know, Josh Jacobs is healthy and running it well, uh, that's a factor that the, the, the Chiefs mm -hmm. will have to, to deal with. Um, I think it'll be a close game. These divisional games are always tough on the road. But, Joe, I just don't recognize this football team right now. Even the game against the Packers without Aaron Rodgers was a challenge right. at home. Right. With, With special, Love, special Love. teams debacles. Like a JV quarterback. He looked like a freshman quarterback. I mean, honestly, he was he was in over his head. And and uh, and that was a struggle. So I, I just think to myself, if you got a guy that can move the ball, a guy that knows the offense against that defense, I think yeah. it could be a challenge. Yeah. Well, nice. Time of possession's never been never been good for the Chiefs. You know what I mean? If they don't if they don't win the time of possession battle, 
it gets to be a struggle when Patrick's not out on the field. I mean, we saw that in the Titans game. They had the ball for six minutes in the first half, and Jeff and I were joking, you know, Vince Lombardi's Packers from the from the right. 60s couldn't win with six minutes of time of possession on offense, right? I mean, it, you just can't you can't make anything happen. There's not enough time to get your mo- your mojo going. So, you know, I think if that that's what Jeff and I always talk about, if when the Chiefs don't have somewhat of a time of possession win, it can be a struggle for them because Patrick's not on the field doing his thing. One last thing for me, guys, and I'll just circle this out there. I, I think you talk about the importance of situational football, the red zones. I think third down will be a, a real tell yeah. in this game. I mean, you know, this is where these coordinators spend so much of the time. You look at Steve Spagnuolo last week against the, the Packers and this rookie quarterback. They came after him. They pressured him. They got him moving. They played a lot of tight man-to-man coverage. They forced them to fit balls into tight windows. I think third down is going to tell the story. If you look at the, the stat sheet uh, on Monday morning and you see one team was, you know, 8 of 14 on third down and the other team was, you know, 3 of 13, that, that, that to me is going to tell the story. I mean, these quarterbacks are going to have to be really good on third down. You talk about the importance of Joe time of possession. This is like, a you know, when you, at the end of the day, you know, it's – it's 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 opportunities, right? So if if you have sixty-five snaps, the other team has forty-seven snaps. I mean, the team that's got sixty-five is probably going to win the game, and that's why third down is so critical. These coaches spend so much time on third down, and we think about situationally: is it third and two to four? Is it third and five to seven? Is it third and eight to twelve? Is it third and thirteen plus? I mean, you obviously want to be in third and two to fours as much as you can, but. Third down in this in this game is going to tell the is, is going to tell the story because if you can get some, some sustained drives, you can keep drives going, uh, and you can get down there and get some opportunities down the red zone. That's going to be important. But uh, I think third down will really tell the story in this one. And uh, both teams have had their issues obviously on third down this year. Great, That's awesome. great point there, Rich. Before we let you go, I know you got to run. Give us one favorite memory from from. Oh, uh, here he goes. No, it's not Joe. It's not a Joe Valero. Moment. Ooh, it's the Raiders Chiefs. So what's your like a favorite memory from this rivalry? A favorite moment, Joe? You're spared. Honestly, there's there's so many good memories of of uh, of this group, and I, I mentioned it in the beginning. Just the, we had so much fun around the locker room. I hate to say that, like during the week, like I remember coming in after practice, like the offensive linemen would all be taking off their tape and throwing it at like cribs. For some reason, they like all those offensive linemen. They were on the other side of the locker room, and, and like the quarterbacks and like running back, they would always throw. I mean, this is like they would just it was just it was what they wouldn't even try and hide it. They would just take the tape off. They get a little ball of tape, and they just go. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you'd be sitting there, there'd be like ten different balls that you. And, and then, like I just remember, like, like some of the pranks that 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 uh, Greg Minuski pulled our linebacker oh. special teams days from Colgate. Like he was like, he'd always be like cutting someone's shoelaces or putting like mustard in their shoes or like, you know, putting like, like, uh, you know, some type of like Ben Gay and their jock strap. I mean, just <laughs> all the stuff that you could possibly do. We had so much fun. We, like, I love going to work. Think about it. Like Joe, like all these years we played, like there was like, if you play long enough, you're going to, you're going to have some tough seasons where, you know, you're not winning and it's just, it's just not fun. Honestly, all the years that I was in Kansas City, I loved coming to work. I loved coming to practice. I loved sitting in those meeting rooms. I mean, it was just – it was yeah. a, it was a great and, – and what's to, to this day is still shocking is that we didn't win a Super Bowl. We, we yeah. were good enough to get it done, and we just – you know, we, we just um, – we were 13 – think about this. We were 13-3 and three twice in 95 and 97 we had home field advantage with the number one defense in football the number one scoring defense the number one total defense in football 
home field advantage at home at Arrowhead, and we lost to the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. Yeah. That, to me, was a shocker. Yeah. And I'm just say something that still really bothers me. Yeah, you try you try uh, rooming with Minuski for two years. I know you were close to him because <laughs> you guys played together in Minnesota. But you know, try rooming with that guy on the road. Like that was a whole treat. I could tell we could do a whole podcast on that, Jeff. But that's awesome. Rick. <laughs> you're you guys are the you're best. the man. I can't thank you enough for having me, Jeff. Joe, you guys are the best. And uh, please uh, don't wait till next year till another Raiders game before you have me on again, huh? <laughs> Sounds like a plan, buddy. We'll take you up on it for sure. Thanks, buddy. That's you're the, the best. best man. See you guys. Thanks, Rich. That's Rich Gannon, former Chiefs and Raiders quarterback, now with CBS Sports. He was awesome, Joe. He well, does. Joe, he loves to talk. He loves to talk about the guys. Like I know you were asking him about the his favorite Chiefs Raiders memory. He just loves to talk about the times in Kansas City, and I hope that gives our listeners a lot of understanding about you know how hard it was for him to leave Kansas City and you know to go to the to the vaunted Raiders, right? Our nemesis and. Uh, he just loved his time there. You heard it. It was very sincere. He, you know, the Chiefs, let, let's be honest. I mean, they, 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 they resurrected his career, you know, and Rich would be the first to admit that. He was, you know, he was out of football and the, and the Chiefs took, signed him and brought him in. And next thing you know, a couple years later, he's the, he's the MVP of the league. So I know how he, I know how in his heart, what, what he feels about the Kansas City organization and the people of Kansas City. I mean, we were, we were close because we still see each other sometimes in the summer you know, back here in Philadelphia. So he just, he loves, he loves Kansas City as, as much as it probably, you know, doesn't, you know, it goes to the Raiders. Kansas City, you hear the way he talks about the memories there. Yeah, it's cool to hear that perspective. He clearly has an affinity for both franchises. And he actually, you know, I think this is a tough game to pick. He actually picked uh, the Raiders. Joe, how do you see this game uh, shaping up? I think the Chiefs are going to win this game on the road. I really do, Jeff. I, I think, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are going to figure it out. I really do. I, they've got – look, they've been, they've been to the AFC Championship three years. They've been to two Super Bowls. They've got the DNA. They understand what it's going to take to get out of this hole. Andy Reid has been doing this a long time, and he's very successful. He's going to figure it out. He's, they're going to figure out where the talent gaps are. They're going to figure out how to compensate for those talent gaps. And they're going to get some confidence back, you know, during this part of the schedule. And, and I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think it's going to be close. I agree with Rich. I think this is going to be a, a really close game. And I know he doesn't recognize this, this team. And listen, there, if there's one guy I'm going to listen to his advice and I'm going to take to heart, it's going to be Rich Gannon. You know, just the way he understands the game and how in-depth he gets into it. And I totally respect that. But I do think that this is going to be – and I, I hope and I think that this is going to be the Chiefs breakout week where people start to, using Rich's term, start to recognize this team again. I really think that they're, they've hit that point. And sometimes you got to hit the valley before you can start climbing back up the mountain. And I think this is going to be the week they start climbing back up the mountain. You know, Joe, three weeks ago, I would have taken um, – would not have given this much thought. I would have said Raiders easy. Like they, they were playing so much better. Um, their offense has really been explosive. Their car is having really good year throwing for a lot of yardage. And they're exactly the kind of offense that has given Chiefs, the Chiefs trouble, that they have a, a passing game. You know, last year we were saying it was kind of the, the, the medium passing game that was giving the Chiefs trouble. This year it's the more the deeper passes, and the Raiders 
have that personnel. Now, aside from the obvious tragedy of, of the Henry Ruggs accident, it also personnel-wise, Joe, that really affects him. He was a guy who could kind of take the top off the defense. That was a somebody who was going to give the Chiefs trouble. And I also don't recognize – I don't know what the, the Raiders kind of are mentally now. They, they certainly, you know, looked out of source against the, uh, the Giants. So I, I am also going to take the Chiefs. I think it's going to be right around, like Rich said, right around where the, the spread is. 2.5, 3.5. I think it's going to be real close. Both games last year were really, real, uh, excuse me, were very close. So I think it's going to be something like that. Well, it's Raider week, Jeff. So it's, it's going to be it's, that, that rivalry has not gone away. You know, it's still there. And that in this AFC West, like Rich said, is man, it's, it's topsy turvy. And, you know, Hey, let's go, let's go for the ride. Let's see where it, let's see where it lands. And I, but I do think that this is the week the chiefs start to, start to to make that ascent back up to where where they know they can be well if you enjoy this show presented by bet online please subscribe and rate the show on itunes we're available on your favorite directories itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in thanks for listening and we'll be back next week thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.